egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, welcome on in everybody to the Saturday Night Network here for our patron feedback show covering the Anna de Armas episode and looking forward to hopefully the Pete Davidson episode coming up at the beginning of May. My name is John from the SNN. Excited to be with you to wrap up this very fun week of Saturday Night Live, week number 18. Hard to believe that we're headed towards either what is the end of the season right now or what will be coming in about a month. But there's a lot to talk about in the SNL universe, and I'm excited to do it with a great patron today. If you've listened to this show before, you know him well. Give it up for Brennan Keller. Brennan, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about the uh, the finale of this. Uh, oh, oh, wait. No, no, no. Not yet. Not yet. Next month. Next month. Yeah. So weird. It's so hard to know and know how to address it and what to talk about. And I think mm-hmm. we'll some of our questions today will answer and give our thoughts on all this. But I am definitely in a weird state, Brennan, not knowing how to. <laughs> is this I'm it? I'm right there with <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, I don't want it yeah. to be. You never want it to be. Especially in May. You don't want it to be there either. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, hopefully we'll find out our answer pretty soon to all of that. But Brennan, you're doing well overall? Yep, absolutely. Uh, teaching, got seven weeks left of the year, so that's good. Okay, Very well, excited. almost there as well. So let's get your thoughts on Saturday Night Live and this season. So I believe we had you on on the last, you know, a full patron feedback show was during the premiere episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have called in along the way. But what are your thoughts of the season since we last spoke? A big fan of the 2023 half of the season, more than the 2022 half of the season, but overall, very enjoyable. Um, I've liked it more than last season so far, probably. What about it has increased uh, your enjoyment of it? Um, I really like the new talent and the new writers. I think everyone is starting to gel the way they're supposed to, and I think if they want to make, well, when they make it to season 50 like they're absolutely going to this is the absolute this is the crew that they need to get there the last you know three four seasons i mean not three four seasons but yeah i agree i mean we always knew that they were going to have to build something strong as they headed towards this momentous occasion and it seems like they're putting a lot of great pieces in place so if this is it for the season we'll do some you know, positives, negatives, what we liked and didn't like as we do all of our postseason wrap-up coverage, but that is not coming yet. Uh, Brennan, I'd love to know what you thought of the Anna de Armas episode specifically. Were you excited when she was announced to host, and how did you feel about some of the sketches you saw this week? Oh, um, yeah. So when they announced the, I think it was not the first one, I think they announced, um, you know, it was Quinta right away, and then they gave us a few weeks break. And then they finally announced the rest of the month, and I was like, oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I liked exactly what – I liked what we got here. I was very excited about the musical guest. I like Carol G. I think she's very talented. I'm a big fan of um, Latin music for no reason other than I speak about the same amount of Spanish that you know Mikey Day does in the teaching sketch. I just right. like the music. And uh, uh, Ana de Armas, I I really like her in Knives Out. It's one of my favorite movies. And I didn't watch Blonde, but uh, I'm going to watch that ghosted movie she's in with um, Chris Evans that comes out this week. So, Yeah, Chris Evans, who, by the way, I think said, recently said, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's talked about this on the hockey oh, yeah. show. Why well, I wasn't there, but like, uh, isn't this nuts? Like Chris Evans said that he's scared to do Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Like, is that is that was the headline, or is that just buzzy? Yeah, that's like, exactly what it was. Yeah, he's like, yeah, oh no, I. He's something like I just don't like being funny, or like I'm not funny. That's what he said. Something like that. Trust me, Chris. There's plenty of non-funny SNL hosts mm-hmm. in the history of the show. I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> he would have been just great. Yeah, he can yeah, absolutely fit in great. So would be fun to see him in the future. Perhaps that will actually happen down the road. I guess we'll see. I think actually Punky Johnson was on the Drew Barrymore show. I think she filmed it yesterday, but it aired today. And she did address this. And she was like, we want you to come, Chris. So <laughs> you got some cast members vouching hey. for you. But yeah, do you enjoy any of the sketches in particular this week? Oh, I um, so funny story. I was over uh in uh, Wisconsin meeting my girlfriend's family and it was a really long weekend we left on like 
Thursday. For the first time, you them for yep. the first time? Yep. Okay. And it's like Saturday night, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to miss SNL, and we're over at her uh, cousin's house. It's just the one place we got to stay at. And they're just talking, and, you know, they're about to fall asleep and stuff. And I go, well, it's about 10.30. Just, you know, pull up my phone and turn on Peacock, and everyone's passed out, and I'm still watching SNL like I always do every week. So, I mean, I I really liked this episode overall especially wait wait can i just ask before you get to the sketches if everybody was still up and talking would you have said i'm really sorry but i have to go watch snl right now or you would have just left left to go i would have done my um you know my reddit stuff and you know get the live discussion set up and all that stuff but i i wouldn't have watched it live i would have um Mm. maybe checked for some twitter updates or something like that I'm pretty good when it comes to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> give it a year or two into your relationship yeah. <laughs> to find ways to watch the show. Um, but anyway, sorry to interrupt. Please tell me what sketches you like. I really like the cold open, uh, the monologue. They've been doing a really good job with the monologues this year. Uh, Please don't destroy. Had another good one. Um, weekend update was really really good this week, and uh, pre tapes were good too. Yeah, I. Yeah, and musical guest, absolutely. So, cool. All right, sounds like a very solid episode for you, Brennan. So, what do you say we get into some of the questions, and then we could talk specifically about some of these sketches that we saw this week, and then start to look forward and prognosticate what we might get from the Pete week. So, yeah, uh, I'll kick things off with a great question from our friend Haley McLaughlin, who says, "I know that y'all talked about some of this on the Hot Take Show this week." But I find it very interesting, so I'm going to bring it up again. With the appearance of Lisa from Temecula and Matt Pat Shat this week, I was wondering what are your thoughts on how much time between appearances of reoccurring characters is most ideal? Do you think that we will possibly start to see more recurring characters in this new era of the show? Interesting question here from Haley. So, Brendan, what do you think? What's the right amount of time between seeing recurring characters? Um, I prefer to see recurring weekend update characters, uh, in a shorter, like, time span than I do sketches, I guess. Um, I wouldn't put that, I mean, Please Don't Destroy doesn't really count. Just like, you know, The Lonely Island wouldn't count for recurring. But, oh, I, I just, this week was really interesting because if you don't count you know, Molly Shannon last week when she's known for a lot of characters. And of course, they're going to bring back a lot of her recurring characters. I, I'm having trouble really remembering how many recurring sessions we've had this year. It feels like a down year. And I don't know if you feel that way too, but it feels like a down year to me for the number of recurring sketches I've seen and recurring characters on top of that. I don't think we've seen very many. I think Lisa from Temecula is mm-hmm. probably the only one that comes to the top of my mind. And yeah. then last year, it was like the trend forecasters. And mm-hmm. then maybe uh, Aristotle had. Yeah, his. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but they got just cut seemed, and stuff like that, too. So Yeah, it sort of just seems that what happened was is like we were in this era of like very frequent recurring characters. Then we got the show got extremely political. And mm-hmm. we would just, the recurring characters became the recurring political impressions. Yeah. And I don't count those. So. Right. But I think from a production standpoint, this is my theory, basically from a production standpoint, it was like, let's, you know, have our recurring characters be all the Trump administrations. And then the, the sh- you know, to avoid the show feeling too repetitive, they would, you know, refrain from bringing back characters from sketches because the cold opens felt so repetitive. Yeah. So yeah. I think that almost like the writers were then trained not to redo their sketches as much, which I think is a, interesting because I think that the vocal, you know, majority minority of our fans mm-hmm. of our listeners here on the podcast would say that they're not as big fans of recurring sketches. But to answer Haley's question directly for me, Brennan, I love recurring characters. Yeah, no, I, me too. 
to me, it's the lifeblood of the show. It's what got me into the show in the first place. And anytime I talk to anybody who is not a super fan of Saturday Night Live, they talk to me about recurring characters. Because those so, are the ones they know, yeah. Exactly. So I think that it's, yes, a recurring character or a recurring sketch may dip the quality of the show. I think it's so important. It's like the base at which the show was built on in a way that I uh, I still think it's a great season, but I think it would be even better if they had a few more recurring characters mm-hmm. along the way. No, you're not. Uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely understandable. Um, like, ah, uh, I rewatched both the Matt, Pat Schatz and uh, at least from Temecula before um, I rewatched the ones from this episode and Lisa from Temecula. The first one is so funny. Uh, this one was good, but it was almost insane how bit for bit it was. Like, I, I get that's how a recurring character works more often than not, but it almost felt like a first draft of the second one. They didn't add as many new jokes as I thought they would. Because I, I think they thought that all of her lines were these big hits because they were that first time. Because she has about five, six, or seven lines that she repeats. And they're good. But the second time, the audience wasn't into it as much. And the table gag didn't work as well the second time. So, But I thought Matt Pat was really good, so... Yeah, I did think that was very good. I'll say that for Lisa from Temecula, there is no question this was a worse version of the first one. You know, no matter how much you like the first one, you can, I, I can never hear somebody come to me and be like, yeah, that second Lisa from Temecula was so much better. Like, I don't, <laughs> There's no chance. But, um, but I also understand why they did it. I just wish that they would have tried something a little bit more with it, which again, like I don't think like, Punky dropping the vase this time versus last time holding it on the table is like the major difference between one and two or like saying raw salmon like there's just it's just not enough I think for us for to really feel that it feels fresh I will say complete opposite for me with Matt Patchett because I think that that is a character what number one we haven't seen him in a long time um and number two I felt like they did something fresh with him so for me it's like good and the bad there oh that was great um just uh the one thing i really liked about that was for of course people who watch the show a lot they're gonna like the super fans and us of course like they cut to mikey and you're like that's matt chat he's not supposed to be here what's he doing here it's a game show sketch and i i knew exactly what they were going with that one and that was probably i put that one in my middle it's not my favorite one but i really thought they did a really good job and i really liked keenan's character in this one and um uh, it's um not my second favorite second favorite one for sure also want to shout out ken in the chat who mentions that the twins with sarah and bowen as another recurring character they came back this season so originally in the selena gomez last year and then came back this year so that is a good uh point as well but really honestly Haley, i think that you know do you what is the right amount of time i would say for me at least i don't care about the amount of time i just care that it feels fresh for all like you know like i'm I'm good with runners so like a character happening more than once in an episode as long as they are creative and fresh about it i'm okay if a character comes back three episodes in a row it just is a matter of like just you know stretching it out to the point where we can start to feel that it's continuously creative so i think that's my answer there and uh do i think we will start to see more recurring characters i think yes i think that as we get towards the 50th i think there will be more recurring characters as uh, people like devin and molly and michael longfellow and uh, marcelo get opportunities to become more leaders and as they grow i think they have characters in them so that's why i looked at something like a young spicy and i I asked the question on the roundtable this week would you want to see it back so i think that we will see more characters especially because there's been enough turnover in the cast yeah i think yeah you're exactly what you said it just needs to be fresh i don't care how long it takes to bring the character back like they did george santos twice in the same episode and that was at least it was almost gut-bustingly funny i thought the first time 
Bowen did that character, and I was like, this it was pretty pretty dang good. At least if yeah. you ask me. So, okay, let's take this next question from our friend Ken, who was with us live tonight. Uh, Ken says, "I know I'm being a bit simplistic, but to me, the back half of the Anna de Armas episode was basically interchangeable. Had three sketches which revolved around the an- antics of one campy character." Do you think putting three similar sketches together was intentional on SNL's part, or was it just an accident or run order shuffling? Do you prefer a back half that has a common thread or one which has more of a variety of ideas? So just to uh, you know, remind the listeners, we had Lisa from Temecula, then we had that Chloe dog sketch, and then we had Bowen with the fingernails. So the question, Brennan, is do you think it was too much of the same, or do you like that? Yeah. I don't know what else to say except it's just what they wrote this week and it's just what made the show. Uh, it depends on the episode. I mean, sometimes episodes are just so uneven about what kind of sketches get fit where and what, like how good each of them are. Uh, this wasn't a brilliant second half of the episode. I think Fingernails kind of saved it, if you ask me. But Lisa for Temecula didn't hit the second time as well. And the dog sketch didn't really. It was probably one of my... was At least it was my least favorite of the episode. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it was on purpose. I can't... I mean, I don't remember what the... I didn't remember reading what the uh, um, rundown was for the, um, you know... I can tell you. Uh, I got it. Yeah, I, so. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, so... Yeah, so basically what happened was during the show, there was two sketches that were cut for time. Both were post-update. So originally, Lisa from Temecula was, as you saw, right after update. And then there was going to be a water park ad, which was a pre-tape. And that was cut for time and probably moved to if they had time at the end of the show. And then they didn't. And then we lost our 10 to 1 sketch. So Nail Salon was not the original last sketch of the night. It was going to be a sketch called Toilet Legs. Um, which was a PDD, Bula, and Ben Silva sketch with Michael Longfellow, Ego, Molly, Sarah, uh, Anna, and Punky. And that sketch ended up being cut for time as well. So, uh, you know, unlike the Molly Shannon week, I believe, everything got into the show. Though supposed to get into the show this time, we actually lost a couple things. So as a result, you did get that, you know, sort of similar feel there of big characters. And honestly, Ken, I think that the reason why it felt so similar was because there was probably a lot of sketches written this week uh, based on the host so that the cast could be over the top, mm-hmm. you know, cause Anna Darmus is not the type of host that you're going to see that's going to do major character work and is going to be extremely eccentric. So I think to play off of that, knowing that she's going to be probably the straight one or the calm one in a sketch, you're going to have different variations of cast members doing something crazy. So I think that was the case this time, which is like we had three sketches at the end that featured Chloe, Bowen and Ego all being those types of characters. Yeah. Okay. Next question that comes in from Jeremy Boulard. Jeremy asks, most hot girl hosts do not seem to be asked back. Is there a reason for that? I'm thinking like Megan Fox, Margot Robbie, or Gal Gadot as an example. So uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like, you know, it's, it's always weird to like categorize hosts that way but i guess there is that theory that you know a beautiful actress is going to come in and host the show and then they're going to be put in roles where they're going to talk about how beautiful she is so (laughs) that is something that we've seen in the history of the show do you think that there's any connection here as to why they may not have been brought back in the past um it's i think it's almost as simple as they don't stay in the limelight like they are like Megan Fox was really popular for Transformers. I don't remember what she hosted for, but I, I've only seen one Megan Fox movie since Transformers. I've only seen, I haven't seen any Gal Gadot movie outside of Wonder Woman one and two, and Margot Robbie. I don't think that one fits there. I think she's very talented, and I think she can come back to host anytime she wants. So, yeah. I think the the hot girl is just the way it's put is. It's honestly just um, this really popular but also really beautiful actress is really popular right now. And then who knows? I, I believe Ana de Armas can host again because I think she will be 
you know, famous for a long time. I don't think she's just going to be around for just a little bit, like some of the ones they were mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, I also think there has to be a factor here of that, you know, uh, hosts that are known as being extremely beautiful also probably have more opportunities presented to them outside of the show potentially is that i don't know if that's like i'm trying to be no yeah (laughs) so like i think like you know perhaps they're not necessarily being like okay now is the time in my career when i want to host saturday live like three or four times i think they're just like they get opportunities to be in a bunch of movies a bunch of tv shows uh maybe even model or Mm do uh do like billboard ads and TV uh, commercials, like all of this stuff. Like there's just so many things that are thrown at them because they're known as like the it girl at the time that I would feel that it would probably be less likely that they would uh, come back as, as opposed to being asked back because I'm sure that, you know, the producers felt like um, Gal Gadot or, um, you know, even, even Megan Fox, like I thought Megan Fox was a great SNL host back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I totally would have been down for her to come back. So, um, and I'm not surprised, really, that they haven't come back as much, but I would think that SNL would want them back. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Okay, uh, this one comes in from Paige Goldstein. Paige says, uh, what did you think about the last batch of episodes as a whole? So any like overall thoughts for you on Kinta's episode and then Molly and then uh, this one from Anna Darmus? Anything you took away from these three? Well, the problem is if you put all three of them together... It's a pretty average, mediocre overall. But if you just put Quintas, it's the best episode of the year, if you ask me. Mm. I think I think um, it's not just the best episode of the year. It's a top ten episode of all time. And I've whoa, said whoa. that. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's that's that's where I'm dropping that big bomb right there so and you've uh, seen every episode of the show i've have seen every episode of the show yeah <laughs> okay that's uh that's a hot take brennan but here's my other hot take uh my favorite sketch of the year isn't even in that episode i just think it's a really 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 good overall episode yeah okay mm-hmm. i mean i'm gonna have to think about that i mean i think that's <laughs> i i think that was a very good episode of the show i definitely felt after it that it was very strong um i don't know if it was my favorite of the season probably cracks my top five top 10 all time probably not for me but um mm-hmm. but i would say the traffic altercation sketch to me was probably the best live sketch of the season and probably will be the best live sketch of the season when all things are said and done so um well anyways, i have like, the, I love the passion i love the take. <laughs> I have the Reddit numbers so far, too, so we'll see what's up. Yeah. Uh, at least the 2023 stuff, I'll have to go back farther for the rest of them, but for sure, who knows? Who knows what's ending up at number one? Yeah, we can talk about that as we go through the show. But yeah, overall, I think they're from this mm-hmm. last batch of episodes. Uh, I talked about this a little bit on By the Numbers last night with Mike Murray and James Stevens when I was on with them, but I think one of the great things was it really felt like this was an ensemble you know, last three episodes that except for Andrew in this episode, everybody really had roles and maybe JJ in this episode as well. But like, except for them, I think I felt like everybody was involved. Everyone was taken care of. It wasn't a uh, cameo heavy three episodes. It was really a month to continue to build the rapport of the cast as they're working together. So I do feel like it's a good sample size for what we may get in the future. To me, it was a good three episodes of the show. Do I feel that uh, this three was the best month of the season? Probably not, because I think that that, that middle stretch in early 2023 was just so, so high. But I don't think we're in a bad place. Like, I think, um, I don't think there's been any, like, huge clunkers in here. Yeah. No, I, it's, um, yeah, like I said, good good season overall. Definitely. Uh, one more question from our friend Ken, who asks, uh, which element of the show do you think improved the most this season? And which element of the season do you think needs the most improvement? So from what you've seen, anything that you feel that is really improved this season and anything you feel that needs improvement? It's hard to say, but for improvement, I mean, for the thing that's improved the most is this is probably my favorite season of weekend update ever and i thought they've always been really good i thought jose and Che have always been really good 
the only thing I've hasn't been hitting for me is um the uh musical guests. That's just my taste, so Yeah. I think that the biggest improvement for me is by far is a smaller cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes such a huge difference <laughs> to go down five people from what we saw last season. It is just like, I could actually like grasp like before last season, I would get to an end of an episode watching it live and be like, did we see this person tonight? <laughs> like I couldn't have my mind around it. And like now I could properly be, like I could walk away from an episode live and like know what I saw from each and every cast member. It makes such a difference. Yeah. Like, man. And here's what I can say. You don't have to, you can still miss the, um, the people that left, but it's a lot more concise cast this year with the amount of people that are, we're down from when we were last year. So, Absolutely. And then I would say what needs the most improvement this, you know, still, I would say the show could probably be a little bit sillier. I think that maybe leaning into some of the tone shifts that come from the new cast members and from like Andrew Dismukes, I think probably, <laughs> I think like on a simplistic level there, I do think the cold opens are, were a step up in 48 compared to where they were in 47, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're all the way where I want them to be yet, but I've seen progress there. I never thought I'd, wa- I'd say I want to see Trump every week, but JJ yeah. is amazing. So, so fantastic there. Um, okay, next question that comes in from Riley Avery. Riley says, how do you feel about Pete Davidson coming back to host Saturday Night Live? So when you found out, Brennan, what were your thoughts? Um, so here's the thing. I, I found out from when, you know, whoever, like Variety or whatever, said he was coming back to host. And it was like three or four days before the episode when we were right. actually waiting for confirmation and everything like that. And I'm yeah, like, we were not allowed to confirm this, by the way. Yeah, I didn't. Like, why didn't you guys post about it? Look, we were told we had to wait mm-hmm. until it was announced. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I like Pete a lot. I think he's funny, and I think it'll be really funny when they force him in every sketch. If we get, <laughs> uh, that's the joke that everyone's made. Um, and here's the other thing: I'll, I'll be excited to see some recurring characters, hopefully, from him. Um, cause like I said, just like Molly Shannon was kind of the only other time we got a whole bunch of recurring characters this year, uh, from, you know, hosts or SNL people. Um, no, I, I he like only the, have one recurring character. Like, yeah, he does. Chad? Like I know yeah. he's played people more than once in a sketch, but it's Chad is really like his character. Yeah. It's just Chad. They can bring Chad back, whatever. I think he's funny. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see. I like, I like, I like the guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like him too. I just like him when he comes to work, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that's the thing is, <laughs> you know, it, we, we were there to cover the end of Pete Davidson's career. You can wa- go back and watch all of the episodes where we talk about Pete. And Pete was like probably in my top three season 46 MVPs, if not like one in overall, because he, you know, we were coming back from, we're coming you were still like very much in a pandemic the show was really weird it's always going to be remembered for like being a very weird season of the show and i felt like every single week pete came to work and he really brought it and i i remember going on the show and being like i don't know if it's crazy but this is the best pete davidson i've ever seen and i think he's finally doing what he needs to do on the show and then like we were expecting season 47 to be like for him to just be such a big part of it. I think had we done like a draft that season, I think he would have just oh, yeah. been taken at the top. Um, and then of course, like he does the Aladdin sketch with Kim Kardashian and then everything else goes to shit after that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And then he's never there. So it was just like the weirdest experience watching a guy absolutely crush it on the show and then pretty much like never show up again. And I, I don't know. Like it was like, I don't, I can't remember another cast member that we've had this experience with. Like in the history of the show, there's been uh, feature players who have just been brought on for update pieces who maybe just don't appear in every episode. There's been also people who've gone off and filmed movies and stuff like that. Yeah, but I that felt was like the main thing I was going to say. Yeah. 
Yeah, I felt like there has never been somebody as absent as Pete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least like you know where they're gone off to. Like you know where these characters. Pete's just like not there that week for no reason. Exactly. Now saying that he, we saw him when he was very young on Mm -hmm. the show as an up and coming stand up. We watched him have some really great moments on the show, some uh, memorable storylines, including, you know, uh, bringing on cameos and update stories and stuff like that. And we we when we went through his whole career, like he is a very notable cast member from the history of the show. And, you know, despite everything that happened last year, I do believe that Pete Davidson had a strong SNL career. So for me. If he wants to come back this time and he's ready, he's promoting a show that's happening on Peacock and he's ready to like bring it, I feel like I'm ready to be like, okay, all is forgiven from a fan perspective last year. We're ready to like, you know, Pete, you're our guy again. But I really wanted him, if this show happens, to just come and like go all out, give us your best stuff, Pete. When we get this when we get this episode, I'm really excited to see what kind of, you know, like persona they put him in for each sketch because like he's the host now he's not a cast member they can kind of put him wherever they want i mean to a point but it'll be interesting to see and honestly he's probably like one of the better modern versions of just and and the reason for sorry i'll I'll save my point and then i'll say why i think this is the case but he's the one of the best modern versions of somebody who is in a sketch but you know exactly like who they are as an archetype and the reason for that is because we got to see him so much as himself on the show and it's something that i've been advocating for other cast members to do and i do feel like the show has opened up to allow room for that since he's not there anymore which is why when you hired a bunch of stand-ups to start on season 48 we've been able to get to know michael longfellow marcello devin and now molly a little bit and you know that part of the reason for that is because pete's not there anymore so it would be interesting to see how you know what the show looks like with pete returning knowing that we're starting to get to know some of these other cast members more fantastic stuff fantastic stuff right okay next question that comes in from uh tyler kuzma is pete's return the quickest return for a former cast member to host so what do you think, Brennan? Do you remember other people who've come back quicker? Oh, is it Kristen Wiig maybe? No, I'm trying to remember. That's a weird one. Kristen Wiig came back for the season finale the following season after okay. she left the show. But mm. it's not so unprecedented for people to come back, you know, the season yeah. after that they've left the show before. It's happened many times. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, of course. But no, I, I mean... Yeah, Pete's fast. I, I mean, I was excited to see. I, I figured they'd bring one of their people back. They lost, you know, five people. There were a lot of good options to bring back. But yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I, I don't have the numbers for sure. But Kristen Wiig's the only one I remember, maybe. Bill Hader. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you Chevy Chase came back in season three after he left in season two. Uh, Bill Murray hosts in season six after he comes back from yeah, uh, leaving at the end of season five. Uh, Eddie Murphy hosts while he's still a cast member, but oh, he comes yeah. back a year later. So, I mean, there's all of that. Uh, Dana Carvey hosts pretty soon after. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Hartman. Yep. Um, you know, like there's there's a lot of really interesting examples of of people that this has happened to before. Norm Macdonald comes back, you know, pretty soon after as well. So, I think like this is something that's not very not very common in modern times because, you know, all the era of Kristen and Sudeikis and uh, Seth and and Will Forte now and Fred, like all of those people, Sandberg have all come back to host, but like pretty much nobody after. And Pete is the first one from the post like Seth Meyers era of the show to come back to host. So it feels unique because a whole generation didn't necessarily grow up on these cast members returning to host. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I do wonder if we will completely skip a generation of potential cast member hosts like Bobby and Vanessa and, you know, Taryn and Jay and all those people, but I hope not. Tim Robinson's hosting. Yeah, that that would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, next one comes in from uh, Sophie Kra09 on Instagram. Says, uh, for the Pete episode, will Rap Roundtable make a comeback? So I believe this is the sketch that we're referring to with Timothy Chalamet that went absolutely viral online. Is that something you'd like to see return, Brennan? Oh, absolutely. That was really, that's probably one of my favorites from that season. Uh, That was top, probably top three episodes. That Timothy Chalamet episode was probably top three 
of the year for me, especially with um, Tiny Horse was another really good one in that one. Um, Rap Roundtable was very funny. Um, you know, I'd say it again. Absolutely. Let's make that one a recurring sketch, too, while we're at it. Okay. We'll look forward to that, potentially. Next one is from JMDunn1027 on Instagram. Says, uh, do you think they scheduled Pete because there is a chance the show gets canceled due to a strike? So, I mean, this seems like a little bit of an obvious question, but is, is it, you know, Brendan, do you believe that Pete Davidson was chosen for this episode because he's sort of in the family still, and if the show gets canceled, it's no big deal? Uh, it's not unlikely i think it's easier to you know put in a cast member as a host because they're more likely i mean of course everyone has stuff going on but if you're like part of the snl family and you're coming back to host and they go hey uh we picked you because you know we know you're super famous and stuff but also you're part of the snl so if you got say this episode didn't work out it's not like you know you had a 100 million dollar movie about to come out and you're never going to be on this show again it makes sense that they you know it was a good spot to put him in i mean i hope we have the episode i hope they get everything figured out you know first week of may but you never know yeah, we're going to talk about this on Monday a little bit with Bill Kenny, uh, who's coming on with me to talk about the history of SNL and writer strikes. But there is a little bit of a common thread of shows that have been canceled from writer strikes, having been hosted by former cast members or the potential to have them hosted by former cast members. So it is interesting to think about it from that perspective. And uh, most of those ones that were canceled actually never ended up happening. Yep. Talk about I think it. I was it 2009 was that the last one? 11? Uh, the last writer strike was in 2007-2008. Oh, 7-8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could talk about that. I'll talk about that more on Monday because uh, I had a very a very interesting experience watching Saturday Night Live and getting into the show and then having that happen. But That's we about when about I started, that. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rusty Ralston asks, are you anxious about the writer strike that could happen starting on May 1st? So does it uh, give you a little bit of anxiety, Brennan, that we might not get an end of the season? Oh, I want to see the end of the season. Um, that's about all I can say. I'd rather have people get paid what they're supposed to be paid. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a much bigger, much bigger issue than an episode of TV, or two, or three, even though I love the show. So, Absolutely, no doubt, we want the writers to be pay- paid completely uh, properly. And the only thing... Uh, that I would say in addition to that is like with that as a caveat I really want to see the end of the season because (laughs) I feel like you know 45 obviously cut short due to COVID 46 is like 20 episodes and most of which you know the cast is either quarantining away from each other so they actually can't physically be in the same room to write sketches it's like a very weird season 47 is pretty much the end of the era where all these legacy cast members are saying goodbye and now this is the start of something so exciting and i just want to see it like go to its fruition i just feel like uh, there's like so much potential for these last three episodes to be like a really sick end of the season and build the momentum i i find uh the snl off season is so long and i Mm -hmm. just don't want it to be you know i don't want it to be as long so that's my only thing is like Perhaps, like, if this Pete episode either gets delayed or can't, like, not canceled, maybe, like, get an episode or two in May. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I am anxious about it. I can tell you that. It'll be a huge bummer if this ep- if this season doesn't end, you know, where it's supposed to, because it's been a really good season, if you ask me. So, yeah, but obviously, writers, please get paid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love, would love that. Uh, okay, next question comes from Ask of Voodoo on Instagram. Uh, how will the upcoming writer strike affect the next few shows? So basically, again, I'll explain this a little bit more on Monday where we'll do uh, a full recap of like what is happening, why is it happening, and all of that stuff, just to make sure that you are aware. Because I know like a lot of people were, I got a bunch of messages actually on Monday being like, wait, was that the last show of the season? So 
the, the truth is that we don't know yet. And every day it could change. Every day you got to monitor the news to see what's happening with the Writers Guild of America and the negotiations. But a lot of TV shows, movies are we're getting ready for months in in, in like anticipation of a potential writer strike to have things prepared for this particular moment. So if there is a strike, you know, a strike was already authorized. If the strike actually happens on May first. The belief is, is that there will not be a Pete Davidson show on May 6th. If it gets resolved very quickly, there is a chance that we still have our May 13th or May 20th shows. But the belief, I believe, in the industry, and I think Rich Tackenberg spoke about this a little bit on Monday, is that this could go on for months, in which case, yeah. obviously, we're not going to get that end of that season. So uh, I think basically everything is up on the table right now, or everything is, you know, there's so many options available. And we don't know what's going to happen yet. And hopefully, as soon as we do, we'll be able to let you know over here. All right. Next question comes in from our friend, uh, not Brennan Keller, who says, what has been Reddit's favorite sketch, pre-tape, musical guest, and weekend update feature of 2023 so far? So if you don't know, Brennan is very active in the Live from New York subreddit. And we have a lot of friends, a lot of listeners of the podcast who are uh, very much active on that subreddit. There's even people who work at Saturday Night Live who have their own Reddit accounts and frequent the subreddit. So we love everybody over there. And it's always great to get to hear their thoughts on the show. But Brennan, you often post, um, you know, afternoon tailgates before the show discussions, of, you know, to pregame, uh, you do plenty of threads on there. And now you want us to go through some of Reddit's favorite sketches from 2023. Yeah, every now and then, it's always funny when we bring these up, and you're like, what is their issue? Why do they? Why do they think that way? Why do these people? What is going through their heads? Um, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, I think I think most Reddit <laughs> people would say like we they definitely have weird opinions. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be pretty satisfied with what we've got so far from 2023, at least. Okay. From what I got through today, um, what's your guess for best cold open this year so far? Okay, so we're only taking from the Aubrey Plaza episode on on yes. Okay. I would think it would have to be the Easter cold open with uh, from the Molly Shannon episode would be the best cold open from 2023. Yep, followed by the uh, Spy Balloon and the uh, George Santos NFL uh, one. So that's one, two, and three right there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, the uh, best monologue. I just looked these up. Uh, what it's uh, it's an, uh, Pedro Pascal followed by Aubrey Plaza and then Quinta Brunson. One, two, three right there. Okay, then, interesting. Mm -hmm. um, let me let me guess for the the next few ones, so we can yeah. play a little game. Uh, sketch, best sketch. Is it traffic altercation? I feel like it has to be number three. Okay, number three. Best, yep. best sketch of twenty twenty three. So this is a live sketch. Yes. That is not from there, huh? Uh, can you give me? I guess this is sort of narrowing it down tremendously. But is it? Can you give me the episode it came from? Um, there's one, number one and number two. Number one is from Pedro Pascal. Number two is from Aubrey Plaza. Is Lisa from Temecula the best sketch of the? Yeah, it's okay, not even so, like really close. Okay, so Lisa from Temecula. I I would just I I enjoy Lisa from Temecula more than most, but I would disagree mm -hmm. that it is the best live sketch of the season. Aubrey Plaza. You said the second one. Is it the HIV commercial? No. Okay, I really like that one from that episode. I'm trying to think what else was in there. That's a live sketch that. People liked, um, and I rewatched this one. After, what'd you say? I'd be Wasn't, surprised if it was the film noir. Is it? No, no, no. I like that one though. But I rewatched this sketch after I tallied up the votes, and I was like, "Yeah, this could be the second best sketch of the year." It's the okay. uh, taboo sketch, the cul-de-sac really? game night. Yeah, that's people, so interesting. To I me. know. I didn't think people liked that. No, it was. The second best, second highest rated sketch of the year. Wow, that is okay. That's fascinating to me because I, I don't think like I, I don't know if that, like we I, maybe I'm misremembering, but I don't think we highly regarded that on the podcast. But if oh. people like that as much as they did, that would mean that that is an additional Mikey Day sketch that people mm -hmm. loved this season compared to the other ones. But that's that's great because that was the one that I was like sort of avoiding bringing up when it came to our <laughs> talk about Mikey was like, and then he did the taboo one. But if people love that, then great. That's good. No, I, I rewatched it and I was like, 
Aubrey mm. Plaza is really funny in this one. It, it yeah. Just, it was just funny, yeah. Um, we can do a musical guest next. Uh, it's normally pretty obvious for musical guests, especially with Reddit, but... Okay. I would guess that Red. Oh, I mean, me personally, it has to be Kelsey Ballerini, but I would guess that Reddit would say the Jonas Brothers. No, Jack White. Jack White, number one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, I guess, 1975 is third, but which one do you think is number two? Um, is it... Is it Coldplay? So, I've never seen this before, like, in years, but a rap person is on the top three list. Lil Yachty got number two. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know. I've never yeah, seen music that. is music is so subjective. So it's, mm-hmm. I know it's crazy. Yeah, where did, where did Kelsey Ballerini land? Oh, she, she was, um, they're not, a, they don't like, they, it's, um, it goes rap, least favorite, then country, then pop, then rock is always going to be number one. So I support you, Kelsey. <laughs> i know i like her too she was really good i thought she was really good all right well do you want to do pre-tape or weekend update feature let's do pre-tape okay i'm gonna say it has to be waffle house number two they're all very close though within like 50 okay. 50 votes one two and three are all, number- all within 50 votes okay um give me the episode that number three took place in. um michael b jordan Oh, State Farm. Jake from yep. State Farm. Okay, and then the episode the number one took place in. Pedro Pasco. Pedro Pasco. Oh, Mario Kart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart. I see it. I see it. Yep. Okay. okay. Weekend update. Weekend update feature. Um, I'd say number one has to be Amy Poehler. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yep, April Ludgate and Leslie Nope. Yeah, that's number one. That was pretty, within like 200 votes. It was a pretty big mix and then the next two were very close though give me the episode for number two uh this episode this episode Mm -hmm. for number two um is it would it be sarah's piece or would be molly's piece that's a tough one Mm -hmm. uh it's molly's yep it's it's uh no no it's sarah's sarah's it's sarah's it's sarah's yeah i wasn't Mm -hmm. sure like you know how like i know that's, it <laughs> yeah be, i mean it was slightly it was, controversial it was, yeah. they liked it they liked it <laughs> yeah Perfect. don't worry don't worry about that <laughs> it happens sometimes okay. no they they liked it okay number three which episode? uh jenna ortega jenna ortega I'm trying to think what was in the good update for jenna ortega and i don't like it's not this wasn't my top three but i liked it so um was it is jj doing impressions yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. It's a lot. Sure. That's odd. Mm-hmm. I I would say I, if I had to pick a JJ thing, it would be the uh the rap like the British yeah, rappers. That was that, that was it. top five. That was top five. That was a good one. Okay. Yeah, that, that I believe I mean, was from the uh from the Pedro Pascal episode. Mm-hmm. Last thing I want to say is I'll put my um my favorite sketch of the year so far is the uh, like not even the year. My favorite sketch this season is um the Parent Trap sketch with uh, Fred Armisen. And uh, okay, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a very good sketch mm-hmm. and one of Fred's best mm-hmm. cameo appearances. Yep my my favorite line the entire season is when they hold the pictures together. He goes, "Oh, Ed Helms and Leslie Mann are not uh, who's, who's the second person? Who's who's the other person? I thought it was yeah, no, it was Leslie, yeah, Leslie Mann. Mann. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that. Just the way he said that line put me in stitches." Yeah, um, I liked uh, this one. Lisa Rinna. Yeah. <laughs> I would let her wreck me. <laughs> that, that one. Uh, yeah, what a great cameo. I mean, his, him appearing in the monologue was very funny, too. He, I, I didn't expect it to happen. I was reading the internet, like, I mean, Reddit, of course, the last two days, and they're like, oh, do you think Fred Armisen's going to show up? He's in the same TV show that she's in. And I was like, Fred Armisen's in one episode. Uh, like, that's what he's in one episode, and that's like, I mean, I get. Well, look, I we get, could not get through a season without a Fred Armisen cameo. No, that was so perfect. I'm glad that I'm glad I that was happened, very happy about it. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that is very fascinating. I always appreciate from, you know, getting to hear from the subreddit. So thanks for that, Brennan. And that will do it for all of our questions here tonight. Do you have any other thoughts on the season that you wanted to share with the audience? Um, I like um, Michael Longfellow dressing up as random characters showing up on update. That's probably my favorite thing this entire year. Awesome. Okay, well, Brennan, please tell the listeners where they could check out everything you've got going on. I don't do anything. Um, KellerB57 on Twitter, and then I'll just I'm on Reddit. There's my little Reddit thing. Just go on the Live from New York subreddit. It's more fun there. Perfect. All right, so here's what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks as we start to look towards a potential Pete Davidson episode of Saturday Night Live. Next Monday, join us at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk all about the history of Saturday Night Live writer strikes. So that show will be uh, very interesting, a show I didn't think we would necessarily have to do, but we are getting there. So uh, we're going to do it to just make sure you're totally up to date on what's going on over there. The following Monday night, we got a super fan takeover. I believe that the super fans will be getting together. We're going to have some fun, uh, a really fun group of super fans, and they're going to be talking about the best returning cast member moments as hosts. Oh, nice. So they're going to go through all of that and talk about their favorite moments anytime a a cast member has come back to host the show. So that will be the following Monday. And then we're going to have some coverage for the first time in a long time. We're going to do a little bit of bonus coverage here on the Saturday Night Network. On Thursday, two weeks from now, May the 4th, is the premiere of Bupkis, Pete Davidson's show. We're going to watch the premiere and then be live that night, so the night that it releases, to talk through the premiere of Bupkis. So if you want to just watch that first episode, that's what we'll do. And then we'll be live to do a recap of that that night. We'll also do some coverage of the rest of the season as we go through. And of course, dependent on if there is a writer's strike, we'll do that more uh, closer to that date. And then if not, maybe we'll spread that out and uh, you know drop some of that for the patrons as well. So uh, only eight episodes, I believe they're like half an hour each. And I'm you know very curious to check the show out and see, is it like is it very much like Curb or what's the deal with it and all that stuff. So while a fun panel that we'll get together to talk about Bobkiss in a couple of weeks from now. So just get ready for that. All right. If you want to ke- uh, stay up to date with everything that we're doing here at the Saturday Night Network, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify to never miss an episode. And hopefully we'll have another SNL stories along the way as well. I want to thank Brennan for joining us and everybody in the live chat for staying up late with us here on this Thursday night. My name is John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.